before. Have <laughs> you guys? You probably been, maybe you've been in church all your life, and you probably have never heard this weird passage in Scripture preached on before. I was actually just looking at some commentaries I hadn't studied with even before the service started, and like two of them actually opt out. They don't even want to talk about this passage for whatever reason. They're, they were just lighter commentaries, and they opt out on this, this verse. But there's a specific reason why I wanted to share this with you. And actually, if you would study this passage, as strange as it may be, it's about the demonic and about you know, spiritual warfare. There's actually a very clear reason why this, this text is in Scripture. So the last uh, two weeks, we've been doing a series called Unplug. And this is a, a, just a, a time, the summer is often a time where we can unplug from some of the, the routines that we often have. We can often take a little bit of a break. Our, our patterns, our ebb and flow of life changes a little bit. And last week we had a service out at the church picnic without you know, any instruments or anything. Today, by the way, today I, was, I have to tell you, I have seen some growth in all of you. When we get to a cappella and when we get to even songs on the screen, I heard a choir behind me this morning and all of you were singing, whether it was a cappella or, I mean, whether it was with the, the songs on the screen or doing an a cappella hymn. And I just want to thank Cheryl because Cheryl is not even the slightest bit intimidated um, when you got to stand up and do lead an a cappella hymn. So uh, thank you, Cheryl, and thank you, everybody else, for doing a great job. Of, of bringing worship with you this morning and not waiting on worship to happen because that's what you did. And so we've been kind of, we've been talking about unplugging from the things of this world. We talked about unplugging from our emotions. And last week we talked about unplugging from all of the noise. But the reason why I had Cheryl open with this scripture is because we were not meant to just unplug We were meant to unplug and be filled. Now, what this scripture says is that um, Jesus is giving an example. He's talking to, um, he's actually talking to some very religious people. And he's saying, and if you you want to pull the scripture up, it is Luke 10, um, excuse me, um, not Luke 10, Luke 11, verses 24 through 26. Luke 11, verses 24 through 26 is what we're looking at right now. And there's a, it's placed in one context in Luke, and it's placed in a different context in Matthew. But some of the questions that are being asked is, some are in, in Matthew, they're actually comparing Jesus to Beelzebub. And, and so what Jesus is describing is how when someone, he's describing a Jewish exorcism, that, which was, I know it's not very common in our culture today, but it was a bit more common in their culture, where they would see people have demons cast out of them. And what he was explaining is that when, when, when demons would leave people's bodies and they would come back and the house was swept clean, that means things were put in order, things were, that, that they used to do they weren't doing anymore, but it was empty. There was no substance that had filled where the demons had left. What I'm trying to say is um, Jesus is in some ways is speaking at a lot of these religious people who have a good list of things that they're not supposed to do and a, and a way of what it's supposed to look like to be someone who is religious, a Pharisee, a Sadducee, but their lives were not full of something. There wasn't the sweetness and the, the, the presence of God within them. And so as we've unplugged, and maybe, maybe you've experienced this with me this week, where you've recognized all these crazy things that you think about all the time and how 
your emotions just paint your perspective of life. And maybe you've noticed all the noise in your life and how you don't even know how to find just a few moments of silence to get away. And you've been starting to unplug from those things. So now I want to remind you, as this is our last uh, uh, message for this series, that you were actually called to be filled, to be filled with the Spirit of God, to be filled with the presence of God. And so now many of us, and, and, and I just being honest with you, with you, many of us don't know real well how to do that. If the unplugged part was easy, now what does it mean to be filled? And so rather than to give you some theological message today on what the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does, I've chosen to give you a very practical resource Um, So today's a little different because I'm giving you a resource today. I'm giving you something to use. And it's something that I have just come across recently in my life. And it's um, something that's really brought about a change. But the first possible, so we, we see this language in the book of Acts. The way the first apostles were described was men that were full of the Holy Spirit. What is it about them? that they could, be, they could gain that description. There was something in them that it seemed as though others didn't have. So today, I want to give you an open door gateway uh, to recognizing uh, an opportunity to be full of the Spirit. So you would join me as we begin with a word of prayer. Well, God, you are good. Your word is good. Your ways are good. And today's message is simply to distribute a resource and to provide an open door for men and women that are, I'm sure, like many Christians all across this country and all across this planet, that often have a hard time meditating and studying your word, that often have a hard time opening up doors to prayer and perhaps even knowing what to pray. Today, I pray, would be the beginning of a new season in their life, a season where they would be encouraged, empowered, and renewed in their walk with you and find a new place with you that they've never had before. So Lord, I pray an open door to a refuge, to a time of prayer, to a time of connection unlike anything they've ever experienced. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, this tool is called Lectio Divina. Now I'm curious, has anyone ever heard of this before? Anyone? Good. I just, oh, there you go. Wait, because I told you this week? Okay, thanks, Vanessa. Um, Now, by the way, I'm a doofus. I spelled it wrong in your insert. It's D-I-V-I-N-A, not I-A. But Lectio Divina is Latin. It's a word that simply means divine reading. Okay? This is not in Scripture. Actually, speaking of Scripture, why don't you open your Bibles to Matthew uh, chapter Go ahead and open to Matthew 6, verses 9 through 15. That is the Lord's Prayer. All right, I'm just going to use that as some points of reference. Um, this is the prayer that Jesus gave us. I, have, I feel like if there's anything in Scripture that I've taught on more than any, I mean, taught on the most, it has been that passage right there. So I'm not going to um, get into that text too much, but I'm just going to use this as a comparison. But Lectio Divina uh, began in, thir- in the third century. Now, this is so just, just three centuries after the death and resurrection of Christ. Now, this was a time, this was something, uh, it began with origin, and this was something that often began with 
uh, with monks. Okay, this was a time when people did not have scripture. Everyone did not have scripture in their hands. And even quite a few people couldn't even read. Um, so this was something that began with the monks. Now, this is going to sound like you're going to walk away. So, Pastor Brody, you're going to teach us to do something that third century monks began? Yeah. And you can just, it's really simple, actually. But you can really say, yeah, I, this is what I do every morning. Began with third century monks. And, you know, I still do it. I'm kind of a monk myself. So whatever you want to say and say where this began. But th- that's how old this is. Now, the reason that it's making a comeback, it actually is making a comeback, is because in, in America, especially in our culture today with all the media, we don't know how to unplug. We don't know how to slow down. Now, I have fell in love with this. I heard about it from some friends when I was away, in, in, uh, away overseas and connected with some people there. And some, I know pastors that use this as a resource to prepare. But here's why I fell in love with this. is because you're typical, if you go get a devotional somewhere, you're going to read that devotional. And oftentimes that devotional is just a few thoughts for you to chew on before you go about your day. And then you should still probably pray. You should still read your scripture. Sometimes you'll get, um, sometimes if, if you go to a regular prayer life, you may struggle and not know what to pray. What I loved about this process is it combines both of those worlds together. It allows you to be a man or a woman of God that can open up your Bible and read Scripture for yourself. And then secondly, it uses that exact experience of reading Scripture and understanding it for yourself as an open door into prayer. Now, that's why I've been doing it ever since. This is my new favorite resource. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this, but I'll have uh, samples of this. I got about 10 samples of this to give um, away, and I'll tell you a little bit more about this, but I'm I'm literally falling in love again with this uh, process of Lectio Divina because it's become real in my own personal prayer life. So as we're talking about unplugging and and filling, I wanted to give you this resource today. So, but listen, one thing you have to understand is that the Bible does say we should um, pray at all times. And and of course, we, we are called to be men and women are, that are always in an attitude of prayer. Um, but you also see how Jesus went away from time to time. He, he had a daily practice of usually getting away in the morning or get a, getting away in the evening and connecting with the Lord. Look, I, I know I've said this many times, but if you are a Christ follower and you don't have your set apart time to pray and connect with God, now is the time to begin. What are you waiting for? And so the reason we often share the morning or the evening is because these are the only two time slots typically in your day that you have some control of. You can usually either get up earlier or you can stay up a little later. The rest of your day, good luck. You don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what's going to happen or what's going to transpire. And so this is something that was modeled after Christ. Now, I'm telling you this because this whole process of Lectio Divina well, the prayer, it's called another word, the, the, what it simply means is divine reading, um, is not going to work, is oftentimes not going to work cram-packed in the middle of your day. If you know you got two hours or, or a good block of time where you're not going to be in a hurry, then, then that could be great. But I want to encourage you, man and woman of God, a Christ follower, to learn to incorporate a time of prayer. Now, maybe there's some of you that already do. Maybe you've been doing this, do, uh, praying, you know, having a set time a day for years. And for whatever reason, your prayer time's starting to struggle. 
Uh, maybe you, you don't really read scripture that much and you don't know how to apply it, how to understand it. That's exactly what this does is it brings all these worlds to get together for the purpose of you connecting with the almighty God and being able to hear what he wants to say to you for such a time as this. So um, if you, you want to follow through with me on this resource, I gave all of you, a, um, I gave all of you an insert, okay? So I didn't think time would allow us Time probably will not allow us to do this together, and I, do, I didn't really want to do that anyway because it's not really meant, it can be done in a community, but it's best done on your own. It's best done with your own experiences because if we were to gather some thoughts from Scripture, they might be something that Pastor Brody notices and Pastor Brody pulls out for himself, but they may not have anything to do with you. So this is actually designed for you to have a real personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, this is a spiritual practice. So if, if you're practical, if you want to focus on the pragmatic side, you can recognize this as a skill to be developed. But I like to focus on the first word, spiritual. This is an open door for you to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. An open door that you can keep coming back to time and time again. And since I've got this resource, which is just a, something modeled off, off of Lectio Divina, I've been doing this a couple times a day. That's just how much I've, I've enjoyed this process and how it's shifted my personal prayer life. And so I hope that, it, that, it's, that this happens with you as well. So here is this real basic process, okay? Um, I gave you some sample text that you can use. Um, if you want to get started on this this week, that's what's there at the top. But I want to just give a, a, a basic summary of exactly what this is. It's four steps, often called a ladder. Okay, It's four steps of, a, a, of the ladder. The first is simply read, lectio. Read a selected text of Scripture two to three times slowly. All right? This will be the first challenge that you're going to have. I told you, this is best done beginning of the day, the end of the day. Unless you know you got a huge block of time in the middle somewhere, don't try to do this in the middle of your day because the whole point of this is that you got to slow down. you got to stop. you got to unplug. Don't be in a hurry because this will just be some weird exercise. This is the time that you have carved out in your life and your day for you to connect with the creator of the universe, and he's ready to speak to you. The question is, are you ready to listen? So you have to slow down and read through a text two to three times slowly. It'd be a good idea to pray a short prayer before you begin to read your text. Feel free to say what you would like to the Lord, but ask him to open your eyes to this text and speak to you. While you read, so this is what you do while you're reading, you should attempt to notice the details of the passage. Do your best to notice the who, the what, the when, the where, and the how of a passage. So these are, those are a lot of questions, but see if you can examine what is going on here. How is it happening? Why is it happening? When is it happening? That is the first step. Make a middle note. Make a note of these things that you're noticing in the text of Scripture. And see, many of you think, I, I bet you there's people, I know that there's people in this room that have been coming to church for years, and for whatever crazy reason, you think that you can't do this. You, you were creating in the image of God. If you open up his word, he will begin to reveal some things to you. You just got to be willing to make the time. 
and be a man or a woman that wants to come after God. And so the next thing is think, also called meditatio. Meditation, right? This is the part where you begin your own process of interpreting and understanding the passage through divine revelation. Now you begin to see how the who, the what, the when, and the where of how the passage connect to each other. Now, the key point in all Scripture interpretation and reflection is to answer why this passage of Scripture is in the Bible in the first place. Man, I made a few grammatical errors here, but that's what happens sometimes. What is this passage meant to communicate to the first readers and to us today? Why is this here? Why is this in Scripture? What is it trying to communicate to us as readers today? Now, so all these steps above may sound a bit academic or scholarly, but they are primarily meant to be reflective and devotional. It is okay that you don't know all the answers to the questions above. There's going to be texts that you're just not going to know all these answers. And this isn't a process that necessarily requires you to use outside sources or even a study Bible. But begin to consider how the purpose and the point of this text speak to you. How can you find yourself somewhere in this passage? Why is this something that you needed to read and notice? What is this scripture beginning to speak to you or challenge in you? To be able to do this, you're going to have to slow down. You're going to have to be able to look at a scripture and begin to ask yourself some tough questions. God, what are you speaking to me? What are you trying to say to me through this passage? Yes, you can really have that kind of relationship with the Lord, and that's what I want for you. And so then we're at the third piece, the third step on the ladder is prayer. This is now the time where you can take all of your questions, your reflections and revelations into prayer. Begin to open your mouth, and I encourage you to do that, because when we do this thing called when we read when we think, when we meditate, prayer can quickly kind of gloss and do the same thing as meditate. Um, this is meant to be a next step where you open your mouth and begin to pray. It's a funny thing about praying that you got to recognize is that your mind, you can have a million things going through your head, and you can have a lot of stuff going through your head that is just noise, that is just stuff that needs to be unplugged, that's just garbage, but you can only open your mouth and say one thing at a time. <laughs> So when you begin to open up your mouth, you're, you're confessing your heart to the Lord. You're, in some ways, you're making a decision about what you are actually going to bring before God to help you deal with. And it doesn't mean that anything spinning around there you can't do that with, but it's making a conscious effort to be a man or a woman that knows how to go upward and connect with the all-living God. And so I encourage you then, the third step is that you begin to open your mouth and pray. Um, and, and there's, you know, I, I just, I'm just going to say this, and, and I don't mean this to be something that's convicting or anything, but um, as a pastor, and, and I've been with people in, in churches and in different places, and I've been surprised at just how many people are uncomfortable praying out loud. Well, that goes right along, of course, with the public speaking thing. It's something that's often uncomfortable for us. But but oftentimes that's a reflection that we don't do it that often. And so once again, I'm challenging you to find your place alone where you can begin to open your mouth and pray.
I didn't make them mad with anything they say. They got to go to the, they got to go get somebody to Charleston. So I didn't offend anyone yet this morning, right? Okay. <laughs> um, we, so the next thing, your scripture reflection and meditation have now hopefully led you to a point where there is an open door to connect with the Lord in prayer. This may be an open door formed through curiosity, burden, revelation, gratitude, or many more connections that have been formed from your encounter with Scripture. In other words, if you slow down and read Scripture and let Scripture speak to you, let Scripture raise questions in you, guess what you should do next? Pray those things. Pray those things that have been brought to your attention. I believe I put next, this open door to prayer may be your moment to repent. It may be your, your moment to, oh, excuse me. Yeah, this may be your, your moment to repent and your moment to say thank you. It may be your moment to ask why or to ask God for the strength to do what he is calling you to do. I can't tell you what's going to happen because this is yours and his. This is your relationship with God. And then finally, this open door may now have your heart and soul in a position that leads you into a full prayer time modeled after the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, 9 through 15, where you may seek the Lord for many things. So I had you open that text. And I'll just do this quickly. I've done this many times. But when Jesus tells us this then is how you should pray, this is a litany that oftentimes we pray in church. But it was meant to be so much more than that. It was meant to be a basic model for these are the things that you should bring to the Lord in your prayer time. And it always opens with our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And whether you realize it or not, some of that is what you've already been doing in steps one and two of Lectio Divina. You are getting outside of yourself and all the things that you want and all the things that you think should be happening next in your life, and all the things that you want to happen, all the things that you feel, all the noise in your life, and you're now for a moment considering, what is the Lord's will for me today? Thy will be done. Hallowed be thy name. You are worthy to be worshipped. You are God in heaven, not me. And begin that open door to get yourself out, to get out of yourself and to begin to consider the Lord's will. And you can begin to ask for daily bread, things that you need, ask for forgiveness, ask to not be led into temptation and recognize the various things that tempt you and distract you, ask for deliverance, have an experience where you forgive others and receive forgiveness. All of this can begin as it has for me just through beginning to open up scripture and let it speak to you and let you ask some honest, tough questions of yourself. And so then here is the last step. And this one is the hardest one to describe. This is experience, contemplatio. This is the last part of the ladder, the part that many people, um, maybe the first time that you do this, you won't get to this top part of the ladder. So this is kind of a tough one to describe, but I'm going to go back to the hymn that we sang this morning because I think the third verse of this hymn actually describes this third experience pretty well. It says, sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer, thy wings shall my petition bear to him whose truth and faithfulness engage the waiting soul to bless. So you're waiting 
for God's revelation. You're waiting for the Lord to speak to you. And since he bids me seek his face, some of my favorite lines in scripture, seek his face is is different than seeking his hands. Most of the time when we pray, we're just seeking his hands. That means we're seeking God to do something for us. When we transition to seeking his face, we're seeking God for who he is. We want to know you more. And most of you that are in marriage relationships, I think you understand that that relationship isn't going to be very good if all you know how to do is ask for stuff. (laughs) But it's a lot better if you know how to pursue each other for who they are because you love and adore this person with you. So he says, and since he bids me seek his face, believe his word and trust his grace. I'll cast on him my every care and wait for the sweet hour of prayer. So this is this time of waiting and receiving and letting the Lord speak to you. See, the funniest thing about, one thing I've said before, the the craziest thing about the Holy Spirit is that he works through men and women. That means that we have to let God fill us. The word I always use to describe this is the word yield. It's something we have to let happen to us. There's so a million and one ways we can resist this. But we have to learn how to let God speak in our life. So this final step is the top of the ladder in Lectio Divina. This is the part where we are filled by the Lord in some way. This is where we let the Lord speak to us or empower us. It is in this final phase where something in us makes a shift or change. You know, look at me for a second. That's what I want for you in your prayer life. That every moment that you connect with God is a moment where you walk away and something is a little bit different. And uh, 9,900,000 times um, out of 100,000 times, I I think I did that wrong. Anyway, (laughs) nothing around you is probably going to change in your moment of prayer. But something in you will be changed. And this can happen to you every time you connect with God if this is something that you want and something you're willing to wait and yield to the Holy Spirit. We allow the Lord to give us a new perspective or clarity about something going on in our life. We may allow ourselves to receive forgiveness that comes from God and the righteousness and confidence that should shape our identity as children of God. You know, many of us go into prayer oftentimes feeling like a failure, recognizing some of our sins and knowing all the ways that we've fallen short. That's one significant change that can and should happen to you each time. That you walk out with confidence and knowing that you have been forgiven. That you are declared righteous before God. This may be where prayer is answered or new revelation happens. Where joy is restored even when the world around us remains the same. And then finally, this may be the hardest part of the ladder to get to consistently. But we should know that this experience may not always come within the time we have allotted for it. As I told you before, this, I want you to allot a good amount of time, but oftentimes the Lord may not speak to us in our little window that we've allotted. Our revelation may come a couple hours later. It may come a week later. I can't tell you exactly how the Lord is going to speak to you, but I'm asking you to make an opportunity for him to speak to you, to open up the door, so, rather, something that, we may, that may be revealed or transpire in our near future. 
So you have this simple resource, and I have uh, a book on this, and it's easy to, uh, to find some more information uh, about this on the Internet if you would like. Uh, one simple resource, if you want to write this down and you're interested, is wordlive.com, W-O-R-D-L-I-V-E.com. Um, before you leave today, I have 10 of these, and I'll just be standing at the door to greet you when you leave. Um, this is what I have been using. This is what has totally changing and shaped my prayer life. Um, this has been, you know, like, uh, what is the word, like honey on my lips, to use the scripture illustration. And so here are four different devotions, uh, Lectio Divina devotions. Now, when I say a Lectio Divina devotion, all, what this is doing, the only thing this is doing for you is giving you some questions to think about, giving you some directives to pray. And so here's four that you could use. And if you like these, maybe you want to get this resource. Um, the only reason I didn't do more is because this is in the message version of Scripture, which is a little different. Some of you may like it. It's more plain spoken, very modern, contemporary version. Um, some of you may like it. Some of you may not. But I will have some of these. And if you would want to use these um, in prayer, um, you're welcome to. So I guess first come, first serve. There's 10 of these. And the resource, by the way, it's just called The Message Solo. Um, this is what I have been using recently in my devotional life, and I would encourage anyone else who would be interested. Um, and after you sample this, this would be a great resource to get that I believe will really open up your prayer life and open up your hunger for the Word of God. And, of course, it obviously gives you the text as well. Okay? So, a bit of a different morning. I literally have given you a resource. And I... I don't know if I shared this a couple of weeks ago or not, but, you know, you're going to go to different church. If you ever go to different churches or, you, or you've ever visited others before, I know different pastors are different. We, we tend to focus on different things a lot more than others. Um, there are others that do, they, they do a lot of theology. They'll talk a lot of doctrine. Some will talk a lot about sin and identify sin and why sin is bad and why this is bad. And some will take stance on political issues and and some will even, will, you'll even hear a, a gospel message every week when you come here, you know, about how Jesus died upon the cross. One of the things I always feel personally empowered to do, if you've noticed about me, is that I want to give you opportunities to connect with the living God. I want to lead you to the cross. I want to show you how the Lord is not done with you. Your relationship with the Lord should still be growing, and I want to give you uh, examples and opportunities to do that. And this is just one more of those things. Um, where this is a beautiful resource that can allow you to connect with the living God and begin, and for him to begin speaking into your life. And so will you do me a favor, because I've asked this before, and I get, sometimes I get feedback, sometimes I don't. But if you begin doing this, and you begin, you know, if you do Lectio Divina to a T, I'm not worried about that. But if you begin to have a set-apart prayer time when you didn't before, and something in your life begins to shift, something in your life begins to change, I want to know about that. I want to celebrate with you. I want to be encouraged with you. And I, and I want us to both consider how we can continue to take these steps forward because that's what's so beautiful about all of this is that it is something that will grow if you continue to do it. If you continue to come back to the table and connect with the living God, this relationship will grow and the Spirit of God will fill you and, and it will overflow through you onto the others that you encounter. All right? Let's pray. 
Well, Lord, thank you for the opportunity to empower these wonderful men and women that have come here and placed you first as a priority in their life. And now I, I pray that they would be reminded that we have a calling each and every day to draw near to you and that that well runs very deep if we will only begin to drink of what you have given us, if we will be filled with your spirit. So as we end this series on learning to unplug and pull away from the things of this world, the noise, the emotions that we carry, and identify these things for what we are, the most important piece is that we know how to fill those holes. And we let your spirit bring transformation, bring healing, bring forgiveness, bring life into our souls so that we are empowered as well to make a difference in those and the lives around us and give you glory in all that we do. Your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.